Good morning, sweetheart. I want you to fill my end. Fill my end. I want you to fill my end. Mm -hmm. Just feel my end. Perceive my end. Open up and receive my end. I receive your end. Just receive. You don't have to know every detail. Uh, just receive. Uh, I never experienced this level of spiritual awakening before. Mm -mm. It's very, it's like, oh God, Jesus. It's, Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Even to describe, I'm not able to. Because mm -mm. right here in the face of God, literally much more than I've been It's caused me to be very tired. Not hungry. Mm -mm. But feel so satisfied. Mm. Just feel my end, okay? Feel my end. Feel my end. Oh God, the glory of God is so powerful. The glory of God is so powerful today. I'll just feel whatever you need. Just receive. Just receive. Just receive, sweetie. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God. Oh. oh God. Oh God. See uh, mm. Jesus Christ. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God took me before I woke up on the red carpet. In Hollywood, and he put me in a place of different family members that's on the red carpet, and took a so I'm able to feel what's going on in the home, feel what go on with their personalities, feel how they treat people, feel pretty much their personalities as a person, and they are all amazing people. It's just that the world is dressing them up to feel as though it's all about image, self-image, all about self. And they were just competing who has the best glamorous outfit, glamorous lifestyle. Even Minion was adopting children because it looks like 
the more you seem like you care for society to bring forth a child who doesn't have a good home to bring them into that lifestyle. And it shows that you care. So it makes you look more luxurious. The clothes that they were wearing and then they had the children engaged in this luxurious. Now, luxury comes from God, his way of doing it. But there's also a demonic form of luxury. And that luxury come with a price, and that is our soul. God's luxury come because we confess our souls for Jesus to be the life of, oh, God, I'm not even able to talk right. Oh, God, you know what I mean? Jesus being the Lord, our Lord, we give our souls over to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's a different, we give the luxury with God when we give Jesus our life. Give him our soul. And the more we obey, the more we obey, and I don't mean just, we think obedience is coming from just, you know, physical things. When we obey inside first, when we obey the inner things, when we obey the change within, when we obey how we change them. <laughs> When we obey everything he say to us, when we step out of ourselves and step out of, you know, worry and fear of rejection and being seen and heard, when we step out of just anything other than using our faith in God, I mean, using your complete faith in God, you know, a lot of times we say that, but we really don't. <laughs> and I have faith in God. I have, my faith is full in God. You know, I don't have it. I have nothing. God. And because of that, because of that faith that I have in God, because of that faith I have in every single one of you, oh God, it takes me so far in God's glory. It does. I don't worry about anything about will be. Sweetheart, when you you know that you're preparing to, you know, be with me in ministry. And you already know some things that's gonna come forth when we are married. It's not for you to try to figure it out or think about space or think about investments and all those things. You only do what God put in your heart to do. You don't put nothing in your heart that God didn't put there for you to do because you're gonna be fully equipped with what he already put there. You understand? Don't you think about space when it comes to expansion? You think about glory. You understand? Regarding you, me, any member in the home, every connection, you just give it over to Oh, God. Oh, God. I got to get up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. things to eat but it's not really nothing heavy it won't it won't no 
Oh God. Oh God. Just right in his presence, just kneeling right before him in a higher level. Never have before. It's like I'm right here in the midst of the seraphims. You understand? Oh God, I love how God relates things to me. He talks to me and shows me things, even regarding, especially regarding, you know, biblical theology due to the translations from handmade, man-made. But God, where is, where he is, who he say he is. And I've been losing a lot of my words these past couple of days. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm just, it's God's glory. It's so powerful, I'm not able. But he would still send me to do something. Just like when Moses left off that mountain, he, you could see that he'd been with God, still feeling the encounter, but still had to release the Ten Commandments. You understand? The best way he could have, you understand? I'm sure he went over them more than one time. <laughs> yeah. Can I share with you what God in Christ shared with me? I'm very gifted supernaturally about heavenly encounters, demonic encounters. I used to hate that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, as a part of me, I um, God is stitching things on me like gems, buttons. He's he's doing that. I'm telling you what he's doing. But um, when it comes to Christ, he always ascended and descended in the flesh until the last time when he went up. And even when Christ, you know, on the third day, he was resurrected in the flesh. The angels wanted to help to assist him take his garments off. And he, you know, pretty much, you know, appreciated, but I got it. Unveiled himself and put the veil on one side, took the old garment off and put it on the other side. And put on fresh garments that was already waiting for him to put on on the third day. Due to the angel that was there sent by God. And he also told, you know, the people that he came in contact with, you know, do not touch me. I've not yet been to the Father. He left out that tomb, walking on his way to Galilee, where he told the disciples he would meet him, leaving Jerusalem, walking all the way to Galilee. And no one recognized you. And you were in the flesh. No one recognized you, Christ. No one recognized you. And, oh, God, so amazing. We was at the seaside, you know, preparing, a, you know, a morning meal, looking at the disciples, having such a challenging time trying to get fish. And he yelled, do you have anything? They said, no, enjoy your net on this side. And when they caught it, they knew immediately. See, they talking to him, didn't even know it's him. Until the miracle came to pass, then they was able to remember. But he was there in the flesh. Even though he was there in glory, he was still there in the flesh. Still before the disciples even said to Thomas, Blessed are those who believe and have not seen Thomas. Untouch my hand. The holes are still here from the nails. Look at my side. I was still in the flesh. So what caused them not to be able to see? Was they in that much in unbelief that they did not believe what they actually was looking at? 
You understand? Even those who walked side by side with him was challenged to even believe. Even the woman who gave birth to him by God putting her, him inside of her belly, Mary. She completed her assignment with carrying him, but still find it difficult to believe. Because on the third day, they were somewhere doing something else other than what they were supposed to be doing. They were crying out, sad, hurt, disappointed, and elsewhere. Instead of waiting for him to arise, being glad, rejoicing in it. Unbelief can cause us not to see, not to hear, nor understand. What's really happening supernaturally? Unbelief is a form of deception. And God bringing me to tell you this. Christ's body is not buried here. Neither is it mentioned that it is. His body is in the kingdom. That's the only piece of flesh in the kingdom. But Christ is sitting at the right hand of God in spirit right now. And everywhere else with us right now. Everyone at the same time. Omnipresent right now. But his earthly suit is put away safely and secured. So glorifying God showed me. It's not in a coffin. It's not in... You know, a casket is in a beautiful, beautiful, it's a huge, just powerful, anointed box. And it's made out of ivory and it's sealed with gold. And the thing about it is, it has glass in the front where you can actually see, but everybody don't see where it is in the kingdom right now. It's in a very sacred place. Even though Christ and no one else know when he comes back, he can feel when it's getting closer as we're supposed to feel, being able to spiritually determine the times. Because he's not coming back to find madness, not coming back, to find, coming back to find sadness. He's coming back to find glory. And I say, well, Jesus, well, if everybody say you are Lord at the same time today, would you come back? He said, no, because I want to enjoy being exalted too. <laughs> you have some time. And he walks past this earthly suit, not all the time, that's put away so beautiful. And he walks past it, not all the time, because it's, it's, it touches him so deep, it pierces him to see himself in a form of flesh, because he know the purpose of it. And he know the purpose of him getting back in it to receive us back again, the purpose of that. So he'll walk past periodically, you know, once in a while, every blue moon, Periodically, not periodically, excuse me, once in a blue moon, not periodically, to see himself in this beautiful box that's put away. Eyes closed, body resting. Resting. And it's so amazing. Then it's already dressed and everything. All he got to do is put his spirit back inside of it. To come back and receive us. And I was like, well, Jesus, well, 
But what happened when, you know, as you receive us back, because you're not going to need your earthly suit anymore, neither will we, because we're at home permanently. Would your, would your earthly suit wither away like ours will? Or would God have it, you know, statued, you know, trophied? However it be, however it be. But God took me into the kingdom and showed me, you know, his earthly suit house put away so beautifully. Surrounded by ivory in a box and covering with gold trims. And it's amazing to be in the kingdom and have that to be the only piece of flesh there. Because if it was here on the earth, it would rot. He's not coming back into a rotted body. It can only be dwelling in glory. You understand? So many things God is telling me and showing me mysteries of the word. It's like I'm right here with the angels declaring holy, holy, holy with the seraphims. I'm engaging with the seraphims and the kingdom and on the throne room of God. The angels are virtues and principalities. There are angels waiting around for us to say things. There's an angel for every form of the earth. Every operation that's taking place in the earth, there's an angel for. And if we're walking with angels day to day that's dispatched to us, and we're not saying what they dispatched to do, they're just going to stand there giving God praise until you say something. God said to me that, far as in you, sweetheart, you know, sometimes it being your heart about your well-being, Especially when you're preparing to receive me and not just me, my son, and whatever child we bring forth here. Even God says sometimes you even think about the space. Don't think about any of that. You want to make investments regarding space and regarding our well-being to make sure that you do your part, to make sure everything runs smoothly. Sweetheart, it already is. You know why? Because you said yes and because I said yes. Do you know what it's really like to just take steps that's already right before you? Because how many of us, how many of us, we say what God is saying, but demonstrating things differently due to our emotions inside within. Some of us lack belief in certain areas. I'm not saying that's you. But God shared that with me concerning you. Sometimes you're focusing on, you know, the in future terms of space. Because you hear and you know some of the things that God revealed to you expose you on what's to take place regarding me and you in ministry. Even when it comes to traveling. Don't ever think about no expense. Don't ever think about space. Don't ever think about anything. Just keep your mind on him. You understand? Everything I'm doing in my home and have because I am, sweetie. I don't do nothing of my own. He took everything away from me to have my hands to do something of my own to gain my own of anything. Everything is from him and because of him. Even him wearing, dressing me up with the clothes that he buy for me. God said, Quenisha, you are so much like Esther. Your beauty within, it shows on the outside. Very unique. Mordecai tried to hide her so she wouldn't be captured 
to even be positioned before the king, but they found her because God knew she would be the one. And it's just, it's different stages and levels to go before the king. And all the women was, you know, looking at Esther like, you are beautiful. You have inner beauty. You have wisdom. You have, you know, a heart for people. You have passion, compassion. You have empathy. You have sincerity. We just here, just, you know, hoping that he choose us. We're trying to wear the best perfumes and wear the best clothes and fix our hair and makeup. You can care less and you're still so beautiful. You have a heart for people. You go to God regarding your people, his people. His plan become your plan. So his people become your people because you care just as much as he does. And it's so amazing when the king laid eyes on her for the first time. He wanted to spend more time with her. Even if, even the if guards and the people that was helping them put on nice clothes for the king, they was telling Esther, you know, it's something special about you. We don't doubt that he's going to choose you. And she didn't really care about being chosen because she was already handpicked by God. She was nervous more than anything. She was afraid of being in his presence. She was very humble. She is very humble. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And he laid eyes on her and saw a difference. The way how she talked, she told him what he needed to hear and not what he wanted to hear. Her intelligence, her heart for people, her boldness, her beauty inside out. And he couldn't stand being away from her. He wanted more encounters. And when he realized that you were the one, he said to her, there's something different about you. There's a certain feeling I feel when I'm around you that I never got before from no other woman. Whatever you want, you can have. And during times when she was afraid because the king was so troubled by, you know, a lot of betrayal that he didn't want to be with his wife. He didn't want to sleep with her when she married him during those times. He didn't want to eat with her, but he would give her as much as she wanted to have on her own, but she felt neglected. So she would go to God about it, or go to Mordecai about it. And it was after he granted her favor to free her people, free God's people. You understand? And then she prayed to God. I want him to come back to me. I want him to be with me. I don't want him to neglect me. I know his heart is trouble. He feel betrayed by so many people. And then he, God brought him back to her and he told her, I would never do this to you again. I would never neglect you again. I would never neglect no part of you ever again. And he never did. The only reason why God says to me that he talks to me so much about this baby and so powerful that I'm about to bring forth here when the time comes from you is because it's a promise. Because you are a promise from God. 
So everything that comes from you is a promise. You understand? It's like everything that comes from me you receive is a promise from God. Now, my son David is very blessed and very anointed by God, of course. But it wasn't written down for me to have him, even though I have him. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, as a promise. Now, he's promising, but it wasn't God's will for me to conceive my son. But because he's here, God blessed him and spared him. Sort of similar to Ishmael and Isaac. That true anointing, that true power can come from the promise. And I thank God for my son's anointing, my son's giftings. I thank God for sparing my son. Because he's about to take him. Like he did the other two. Because his plan was me not to conceive at all. No. No, no, no. And I say, God, you're not going to take this one. People are starting to ask me, am I cursed? Because you keep taking them. Stop taking them. Not even knowing what I'm asking, God. And I say, God, please just don't take him. Just spare him. Just spare this one. Just spare this one. Please just spare this one for the sake of other people saying and thinking I'm cursed. They was even afraid when I said I was pregnant. Oh, my God. They were scared to do things with me or, you know, plan with me with this child, for this child. Because they was, they was feeling like he might take this one, too. And he spared me. And he kept them. And blessed them so much. But this child that's coming from you is a different anointing. The angels are waiting for him. That's already here for that time. There are prophets in the Bible I told you about that would sit there and stand there and wait right at my feet, just waiting for him to come. Another child is born in the will of God. And just because we're married to people don't mean that we're married to the right person to conceive the right child. You understand? Seriously. Just because you're married don't mean it's okay to give birth to a child if you're not in the right marriage. And, sweetie, God is just like really showing me a lot about this kid. Yeah. Give me more dreams about him. Let me share this quick before I get off. Last night I held him for a very long time. And God tell me to share these things with you. Because it's coming to pass. And these encounters prophetically, it prepares you to already be aware of. What to look forward to? That's favor. A lot of things you already know what's going to happen. You understand? And it, it, it could be God could say, don't say nothing to you about it. And then there are times God will say, don't say nothing and tell me, go ahead and tell them now. I had this encounter, what, three days ago. And God want me to share this with you. It went from me being not pregnant to seven months pregnant in this dream. I was seven months pregnant. And I kept craving Big Macs. I don't really eat Big Macs. I don't really even go to McDonald's that much anymore. Even, you know, at all even anymore, for real. But I will go, you know, if I just happen to go. But I'm more so of a cooker at home. I cook at home more than anything. 
But I will go to a restaurant, but I eat more at home, sweetie. And I just kept craving Big Macs. I even had Big Macs on deck just, you know, in case I, you know, it comes up again. And I got so, you know, frustrated and agitated, like, I'm not going to eat another Big Mac. And this woman, Andrew, that's walking beside me right now, she was there with me in the dream. And she said, don't you say that. I said, what do you mean? Don't, because I'll try to ignore the craving. I said, I'm not going to cave into it this time. I'm not going to eat a Big Mac. And I was craving it so much. Don't you do that, she said. I said, why not? I don't, I'm tired of eating Big Macs. I don't want to eat this. You eat whatever this child craves. Don't you ignore the craving. Give him what he wants while you carry him around. And I was like, what's so important about eating, you know, eating this? I want to eat, I can eat anything, I want to eat that. It's not about what you're eating. It's the fact that you're craving to eat that. Feed the craving. Because us, sweetheart, as women, we just look at it like, okay, we're craving. Okay, we eat what we know. Sometimes we don't eat what we crave when we do eat. I never knew the significance of the cravings. The entire pregnancy is, you know, of God. Because it's a child of God that you're carrying around. And there are different cravings. It doesn't, you know, I was like, okay, God. I, I mean, Angel, I didn't know it was that serious. Okay, I'll eat. The, just give me the sandwich then. I didn't know it was that serious. I mean, I was like, you know, like, I'm sorry. She was like, don't say that. I'm like, why? Well, I never heard an angel talk to me like that. Don't, you're serious with it. I was like, okay, I won't say that anymore. And that's, there are times when God would give me a heads up. There are times when God, where I can, you know, make a decision. There are times when God would give me a warning to declare and decree over it regarding me or anybody. And there are times God would give me a prophecy that's actually going to happen. And that's actually going to happen. And God was preparing me ahead of time that day for whenever that time come. Because God already know me more than I know myself. I would deny that craving. I wouldn't go to no McDonald's and buy no Big Macs like that. I wouldn't do that. And the angel was like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Whatever you crave, even if it's just not Big Macs, whatever it is, you're going to feed this baby whatever you crave. Because there's a reason for the craving. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't look at it like that. Because we don't look at things like that. But when we're doing things of God in his will concerning our kids, he would say so many things to us. And it's more to the women than the men because we're the ones who carry. So you take pleasure and honor that God would share these things with me to share with you. God say, his genes, your genes form one embryo. His traits, your traits, genetically speaking, form one embryo. His traits and his genes may be more dominant than some of yours. And some of yours may be more dominant than his. Some of yours may be more recessive than yours. But it still forms an embryo. While you're carrying this child, you give it exactly what it wants. Whether it's sleep, whether it's, you understand Whatever it is, give this child what this child wants. And that was the angel pretty much declaring the favor about this child, you know, already. That's amazing to me. That's amazing. It's like God has prepared me ahead of time just so I can know because if God wouldn't, wouldn't have said nothing to me, I wouldn't have ate that. 
I would have been like, I don't care. I'm craving it. I'm still not eating it. Nope. Just like the, just like the chubby thing. And God said, I didn't say your child. I didn't say whether he will or will not come out chubby, but he's going to be a chubby baby. It could be due to your feeding him. Genetically, your child's going to be, you know, healthy. I didn't say, because I was like, you know what, God, I'm not pushing out no fat kid. And I was so upset. I ain't going to last y'all. I was pissed. No, I'm not, God. Don't tell me nothing like that. I'm not having no fat, obese kid. And God said, I didn't say any of that. You did. I said, you're going to have a chubby. He did say chubby, though. Yeah. And he didn't say he's going to come out that way. He said he's going to be as a baby. You understand? Until he become mobile. He's going to be healthy. Genetically speaking. And God said, nothing you can do about it. Just going to be like that. Healthy. You know? God had to tell me that ahead of time. Telling me things more and more. Yeah. I feel like all the women in the Bible, who God spoke to them about a child before they even conceived. I feel like them in this day and age, the, the gifting, the power, the anointing like that. I wasn't really aware of how special I really am being sent by God. Because we all are. I'm so big on no one feel left out. We all are. But everyone is gifted differently. I can't deny mine. And God said, you can see, sweetheart, more, more in me than I'm currently seeing. Especially when you first lay your eyes on me, God said. When you first lay eyes on me. You knew right there who I was to you. And I saw that your whole, you know, everything about you changed when you looked at me. I never forget when you walked in that room like that. And you looked at me like that. And he was like, introduce me, introduce me. You know? And. I never forget that. I would never forget that. Never. It's like you discovered. You have a fresh revelation. You know, it's like you receive the word. You know, you found. I'm not even aware that you were even aware that you were going to find your wife here. I'm not even aware if he was even talking to God or even about a wife. I just know when you looked at me, I saw a difference in your eyes. And it was like that every since, every time you look at me. What the devil mean for evil, God mean for good. We would not have grown this far being in each other's presence every Sunday. Because it was causing us to, you know, be emotionally, you know, unstable. To see each other with this love that we're caring for one another. Every mate carries a specific love for that mate. No one can feel what I feel for you. 
I can't feel what that wife over there feel for her husband. That anointing is only felt amongst them too. We can have an idea or a great sense what love is because we know how love feels, but that covering is different. Every covering is different. It's love for you. It's not normal. It's not normal. I thank God that he meant it for good to have you where you are currently. It's not permanently. The enemy trying to just, you know, cause, you know, for you to be away, division away from you, away from me, excuse me. But God meant it for good. It needed to be like that for both of us to continue to build and become stronger. Because I already know I wouldn't be this strong being able to see you every Sunday like that. Because I wasn't able to be in your presence the times I was there. It's like when the seconds, they, oh, the clock always got seconds, like 10 seconds. Or, no, five, it started with five minutes before you guys come out. And when it get down to 20 seconds, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, 19, 18, 17, sit down, stand up, turn around, go to the bathroom. Oh my God, put your head down. All of that every time. And we both were doing things that, you know, because of, you know, how we felt inside. The praise team came a little closer to engage with us. And I, I, saw, I just saw you coming closer, you know, with the other praise leaders. And I walked off. I didn't know how to take that. I looked at you, looked at me. I said, I can't take this. I walked off quick. So nervous. After the first encounter, I'll be fine. <laughs> I got to get past the first encounter with you. Because I don't know how it's going to be. But after that, I'll be fine. I'm already fine, you get me. And you feel the same way. You can say this and say that all you want. That first encounter with me, you got to get past that. And then we'll be to our... You know, it feel like, you know, we're, that's like pretty much you, you being around a celebrity and you be around a more, you feel more, you know, comfortable to be, you know, that first encounter you and I together, you're going to get some, take some getting used to while we encountering each other. And I've, I'm ready to get past that right there because I don't know how I'm going to be, but I know one thing God got me. You understand? This love is not to be taken for granted. This love is very serious. It's very bold. I love you. I love you. This encountering the spiritual awakening on a higher level. My stomach is growling if you hear it. I'm not able to really eat anything. God will grant me to times to eat some. But it gotta be it's certain things, you know. It's like I'm very picky. I'm not, I'm not even a picky person. You know. Yeah. Eat an apple or something. Yeah. I should have bought some honey. Yeah.
God's glory is so present, sweetie. I had no idea this love that you and I have for one another is like this. I feel exactly how you feel, sweetheart. And I see how you, you keep busy, you know, you're being more productive. And that's a wise decision. Good job. I am so proud of you, Dwight. At one point, God said, testify. At one point, I was so anxious to quickly marry you because I didn't, I was afraid you might change your mind. And God said he can never change his mind because his mind stays on me. He would not move until I have him to move. I love you, sweetie. Know what I want you to pray for? And I, I'm being so honest with you. To have the same willpower that you have regarding your love and attraction for me. I never felt this before. I thought something was wrong with me because I never felt anything like this. And God was doing nothing but spare me because it would be felt for you. I tried so many times to take it off. I can't take it off. It's so high. It's so high. I used to get mad at myself for it being so high. Because before I knew you, it was always so low. And sometimes I'd be so mad at myself. Why you feel that way? Why you gotta command your thoughts? And I'm not doing it because no no purpose. Please trust me, I'm not. I'm not. I would never. You understand? This attraction is definitely from the kingdom. It's a passion. Oh, God. And I'm okay. Yes. God says share the other dream. Okay. I wasn't going to share none of them. Okay. I was. I encountered you. You were looking at me. We were in church. It was a wonderful service. It was like everybody under one roof. And for some reason, we were all wearing gray and silver and black. And you walked. I mean, you, you kept looking at me. I was looking at you. And then you told me to come and sit near you. Not with you, but sitting near you. And I came and sat near you. And this man came from out of nowhere in the church, one of the church brothers or something from another location. I never met him. And he was like, oh, can you help me with the word? He was pretty much like, okay, I see this woman right here. You know, let me try to find a way to you know, get to know her more. He was like, can you help me with this word? And I didn't know all of that at first. God didn't share that with me. 
he just, you know, had the man just asked me, can I help him, you know, find something in the word? So I said, okay, open your Bible. Wait, what are you trying to find? And so you still having to look over there. It was like, uh-uh, come on over here with me. You went from saying, sit near me. No, sit beside me. And then you said, no, sit in front of me. Yeah. And I, I looked at the guy. I was like, excuse me, I got to go. Oh, God. I did. Because I was not going to let enough opportunity pass me by. You understand? I was like, excuse me, sir. I got to go. I love, I love you, brother in Christ. Got to go. You know, like deuces. And I sat with you. And he was like, I said, no, Dwight, you know he dates other men. Can't you tell? And he was like, I don't care. I'm not going through that again. I'm not going through that ever again. I'm going to make sure I don't. You're going to stay right here. Sit down in front of me. And I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> you were so serious. And I was like, I want you to know I would never do that to you. I didn't do it on purpose the first time. He's like, I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is I'm not going through that ever again. I'm not going through that ever again. And I'm going to make sure I don't. You're going to stay right here in front of me. And I sat there in front of you. And then you took, my, took me by the hand. And I said, we're not supposed to touch. You said, it's not that type of touch. And you grabbed me by the hand. And then you gave me a hug. No, I hugged you. I said, can I hug you? Am I allowed to hug you then? You said, yeah, it's not that type of touch. And I hugged you. Now, this is symbolic, not prophetic. You understand? And I, God was just showing me a lot about your personality and what, where we are in the preparation and the process, you know how close we are to one another, things like that. You know, we're at the peak of breakthrough. We're breaking through the peak of breakthrough. I hope you get that. Angel 64. I'll write it down because I will forget. <laughs> okay, I won't forget. Okay. And I said, can I hug you? Then he was like, yeah, you can hug me. And I gave you a hug. I was like, oh my God, wrap my arms around you. Yeah. It was pretty much around your neck. I was like, oh my God, I'm hugging him. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. These kind of talks you share with ladies, but I'm going to share with you because, you know, my lifestyle, you know, is different than most people. And I have to be okay with that. I have to really be okay with that. And I am okay with that. I could go out and fellowship and this and that. Yeah, but it's when God want me to, because I cannot be distracted. I cannot be this place doing this when God want me to be at home before him interceding. I'm anointed and created. I'm say I'm created to be with him a lot, a lot, a lot. You understand? And I thank God for your sister in Christ discerning that, that you know we we've been you know want to do things and go out and eat these crabs and we say, but you know we just you wait for wait for that, you know. And I'm not going to be. I can't be. You know, out and she's already aware. It won't be a every day, every weekend type of thing because she already can feel, you know, I cannot be distracted because sometimes we can, even, we can distract ourselves and distractions are not all bad. It's just that we're looking, we're doing things and God wants to do other things. You understand? And you wrap your arms around me and you like, I felt the grip of your arms. It's like, oh my God, it felt so good. I felt your chest on me. I said, oh God, it's like I exhaled in your arms. I like, it's like, I collapsed in your arms. Yeah. And, I, and you let me hug you for a long time. Like you could get it all out. I know you want to hug me. I know. And you let me do it for a long time. And I did. 
And then I said, okay, I feel better now. And then you kept touching me. I said, we can't touch. I mean, I, I was like, it's better if you don't touch me as much. And it's not saying you would do that. It's just symbolic. God wanted me to see your willpower. That's what he's meaning by symbolic when he's, you kept touching me. You know, like like respectfully, like, you know, you know, just like grabbing my hand or something. And I was like, I don't think, you know, this is a good idea because, you know, you know how I feel about you. I don't want to think like that about you. And he was like, you won't. I'm not going to let you. I was like, wow. You got willpower. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why God said, showed me that, you know, symbolically, because that was one of the biggest things. I was like, God, if you have him to be with me and go out and do things with me, I pray that he's not weaker than me because I wouldn't want to go. And I'm not going to go. Because I'm not going to have this man think no thoughts about me. I would rather just wait because I just care so much about him standing. And how much a woman of virtue that is. I don't want to turn you on. I don't want, you know, do any of those things. No, I would stay away until you build up strength or something. But that's not the case for you. You have a lot of willpower, a lot of self-control. And he was like, you're going to sit right here and you're going to be like, I got you. You're not going to do nothing. I'm not going to do nothing because I'm not going to allow it to. I was like, oh, oh God, stop talking. <laughs> you're turning me on just by talking. <laughs> yeah, and I said that to you. He was like, it's okay, I got you. You know, I'm not going to allow nothing to happen. That's not supposed to happen. I was like, oh, you're such a man of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. And then you was, we was laughing and joking. I was like, oh, my God, you have a playful side. Yeah. And God had me to release. You know what? It's such a big change in you since I, you know, been back. I see that change. Everybody sees that change, but everybody don't know why the change. It's because of the glory of God, not because me. But the reason that glory is here, because I'm in my position, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be in the plan of God concerning you to fulfill. So that joy of God on your life is very powerful as well as the glory. Yeah, and the favor. Yeah. Yes, sweetheart. It's so amazing. God said, Quenisha, I prepare you to give birth to children by having you work with young children for 15 years. And I had no idea why God had me to be there like that. I, in the beginning, I was so pissed. But then I wound up receiving a prestigious award out of 20,000 of top 10 and the only, you know, black woman and the youngest of all at the time who received that award. And I still got my picture of my, I don't have the, I got it on the um, phone and everything. And the award and the ceremony and all those things. Yeah. And I, you know how it's so many different races and, you know, we all love each other. But when it comes to, you know, specific races, you know, the African-American culture went through a lot the most. And so it's like when you with your another person that has the same that share the same diversity and nationality as you, earthly, you know, you can relate. So this this was the only black man that won the award, and I was the only black woman woman and the youngest to win the award. We kind of gave each other eye contact like we did it. We did it. I was like, Yeah, we did it. <laughs> and we were so happy for each other. You know, everybody's from a different state. You know, I I was representing DC. Yeah. But I think God didn't take that position. They wanted me to work for headquarters, you know, of Bright Horizons. You know, you want to look up Bright Horizons? Look up Bright Horizons Family Solution. That's the company I was a part of for 15 years. And they wanted me to write the curriculum and work with the headquarters in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. But God wouldn't have me to do that. So I turned it down. I turned down many things because it wouldn't have me where I am today. Yeah, I would have been elsewhere. I would have been in Florida. And not in position to hear from God concerning you. You know? 
I love you, Buka. Yeah. It's amazing how God closed my womb up like that. And then opened it back up when I said, God, I receive your plan. As soon as I said, okay, God, whatever your plan, I surrendered my life to his plan. He said, now I'm opening up your womb again. It was closed? You did that? Oh, God. Yeah. He closed it. So amazing he did that. I'm so favored that he did. Thank you, God. Yeah, and it's wide open now. Oh, God, Jesus. My womb is open for you. No, I'm sorry. Let me stop. God, Jesus Christ. But he did open it back up, though. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm not going to plan any child. It's just going to happen whenever God wanted to happen every time. You understand me? I don't want you to think about space and think about expenses and think about all those things. No, you just think about the purpose because of the plan. This is not my plan. This is his plan and I'm agreeing with it. I'm in love with it because his desires are now mine. And I sometimes I get so excited to give forth these children that I never even thought I would even want to do. Yeah. The angel had to talk to me and tell me, you know, don't ignore the cravings and all those things. Yeah. But I talked to you long enough. I love you. Yeah, I love that those dreams I had about you. You're opening up more and more of these dreams. Yeah. I'm ready to encounter you naturally. Yeah. I take seriously by the scripture. You have not because you ask not. And I ask God a lot. I say, God, I'm asking with patience. Can I have them now? Can you send them to me now? If it be your will. But I still ask. Yeah. I do. I had my angels. I thank God for your angels. Because they've been commissioned for you and your end. And I thank God for them. I even thank them for being there with you. Yeah. And your angels were like, you are such an amazing woman. Like you thinking us like that. Talking to us like that. Thanking us for being with him. Yeah, I do. All the time. I pray for you and your family all the time, too. You are so blessed, so favored. I'm so ready to marry you like today. Yeah, but I'm waiting. It's okay. I'm just very excited to be next to, you know, all this preparation I've been preparing for. It's not just you. It's bigger than us. It's the ministry, but I go on in ministry with you. Yeah, I'm coming alongside with you. I'm joining with you. Yeah. I love how your chest feel. Uh-huh, I felt it. <laughs> and enjoy, yeah. I love how your hands feel. Yeah. You get the best hugs. Oh, my God. Yes, you do. And you let me hug you for a long time. I had to get it all out throughout this whole preparation because it's been based upon faith on my end. This whole preparation is based upon faith due to restoration. I went through a lot of healing due to what I have done. Yeah. I went through a lot of healing due to what I have done. A lot, a lot. That no one even really knew about what you and who you had to hit. Yeah. I love you, Buka. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody looking at the video God had me to put on there at 12 in the morning. Yes, sweetie. I'm so ready to marry you. Mm -hmm. I can see myself at the altar now. Can I kiss up now? Oh, God. <laughs> can you pronounce us now? Come on with this. Hurry up. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I feel like that today, though. Like, come on, let's go to Bahamas. Let's get married. Yes, I don't care. No. Yeah, because I know everything that God want me to know right now and what he had me to know that I didn't know before. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to enjoy life with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen so fast. I know, Father. Your life has already changed me hard. Everything happens before it happens naturally. And, you know, just be prepared to buy those Big Macs. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. I was so mad about that the other day. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind want no Big Mac. I ain't eating that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not eating that. But I had to submit to it. Okay. Angel said, don't say that. So whatever this child craves, that's what I would eat, no matter what it is. It could be foods from me or foods from your end. Genetically, it doesn't even matter. I'm going to obey the angel voice. And whatever this child wants inside of me, I'm going to give this child back. Yeah. And God will be done bringing forth this child. He's such an amazing little boy. I could talk about him all day because I encounter him so much. Yeah. And God also showed me, that, you know, make sure you keep your eyes on him as he get older, like more mobile, like two and three. Keep your eyes on him much closer because he's, you know, very daring. He's not very adventurous. He's not scared of nothing. Yeah. He's very fast. If he just sees something, he just, you know, go for it. No, you have to stand here. Let me know that you don't walk off. Don't wander off. Yeah. So I have to really keep my eye on this kid. Yeah, he's very adventurous. Remember that time I told you he uh, shaved the middle of his head with some clippers? Oh, God, I don't know how he got them. I was right there. I don't know. Climbed up on something to get them things and looked, in front of, looked at me and shaved the middle of his head and braids were on the floor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that would never happen because I spoke against it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just thank God for everything that he shared with me before it even happened. I have not looked forward to, <laughs> yeah, prophetically. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. How are you, Dwight, regarding all of this? How are you? God said, you are excited. Yeah. God said, excitement is an understatement. Oh, God. <laughs> Can we get off of here right now, okay? I love you. Greater is he who is in us than he's in the world. I love you. I'm so excited. Yeah. That God is bringing you closer to me. Yeah, I feel it now. Yeah. I want you to lift up my spiritual awakening. You understand? Because I'm carrying, you know, this you know, spiritual pregnancies. You'll really find it mostly in women than men. And, you know, continue to feed words of life to me while I'm carrying this vision before it come to pass. You understand? I want you to continue to lift me up and intercede with me regarding what God shared with you concerning the vision that God placed with both of us to bring to pass because I'm carrying it before it manifests. So whenever you think about it, intercede for me while I'm carrying it around, okay? I love you. Greater is he in us than he's in the world. And I can deliver any moment, any moment. It's like I feel like I'm ready to bust at any moment. The angels are already here to assist me during the time of the labor. You understand? Spiritually. You understand? So just, you know, continue to, you know, lift me up.
I love you. Creator sees in us, and you extend the world. I love you, sweetie.